Jim Comperoni, SpartanMeg.com, the MSU Insider, is standing by. Uh, he joins us on the Meyer Guest Line. How you doing, my friend? Hey, Bill. Great to be with you. Thank you. Wow. Uh, so I, I told the story that you know I was coming back on a trip, and somebody asked me on the CBSSports.com app I was looking at, what's the score? I said, State's up 11, 13, like minute and a half, whatever it was. You know, it was kind of busy around me, and I said, oh, this game's over. And then I, I walked to the TSA line, and I see the game's going to overtime. And then I wasn't able until when I got home in the DVR and to look at uh, the game flow and say, why weren't they fouling at the end and just letting them shoot threes to get back in it? He, I know you posted Izzo's presser and your story that I shared yesterday, but your thoughts on blowing that lead Saturday in Iowa City? Yeah, you thought the game was over, and I think Michigan State thought it was over too. And that's why Izzo was one of the reasons he was so angry at himself. Um, you know, he's coached, what, 960 games, and usually his mantra is to his players, I don't care what the score is, this is how you play, this is how we play. Every possession, every cut, every screen, every defensive assignment, every shot, is taken with the same sense of urgency and seriousness and every defensive assignment, regardless of what the score is. And you've seen Michigan State, whether they're up 20 or down 20, they play hard. They, they, that's why sometimes they make runs at teams late in games when down 20. In this case, I've watched every single one of Tom Izzo's games, 960 of them. This is the one time where I thought that Michigan State thought the game, as you said, was over. And they played like that. And that enabled, that left the door just slightly ajar for Iowa to hit one or two or three three pointers. And then you're in the last, uh, you know, last few seconds, and now it's tightened up and the momentum has is, is, is gone out of control. So Izzo was mad at himself for not being the leader, he said after the game, to take over and pilot that thing home. He blamed himself. Because you look at the individuals, and individually, especially on offense, they played their best game of the year. Mm. Now Malik Hall, Malik Hall made some mistakes on defense during that comeback. For instance, he sagged in on a post player a couple of times, like two times and another teammate did it three times. Izzo told them, we will give up anything to the rim. If they score two, that doesn't hurt us. We want to press up on, on three-point shooters. Do not play our usual defensive style Pack line defense, help, you know, double team the post. We are not double teaming the post. We're up by nine with 30 seconds to go. They need three pointers, but Malik Hall fogged out a little bit, double team the post. They make a couple of three pointers. That's not all his fault. Other people made little slight mistakes also. You miss one free throw and, and it beats you. So, um, uh, as far as fouling at the end, I agree. I, you know, a lot of people think you should foul when you're up three in the final second. I agree with that, but I only agree with fouling, Bill, if there's five seconds less or fewer. If it's six seconds, it's a gray area. If there's seven seconds left, you can do your dis- yourself a disservice by fouling. Um, it, uh, Iowa was, it was like seven seconds as Iowa came across the half-court line. It was, sec- it was six seconds left on the handoff. Can you foul right there in the handoff? Maybe. But the, he's getting into his shot at 5.5. If you foul him at 5.5, he's got three free throws. Can you foul him at six? Six is a gray area. As a defender, are you even aware of the difference between six on the clock and eight on the clock? You're not watching the clock. You're trying to play defense. 
very hard to get that carried out. I don't agree with fouling with more than seven seconds left. I can tell you why if you're interested. Let me know, and then we'll get to their final two games at Nebraska and Ohio State at home on Saturday. Seven seconds left. If you foul, what does Iowa do? Everybody thinks they're going to try to make one and miss one. No, if there's seven seconds left, they can make both free throws, and then you're up by one with seven seconds left. Now you have to execute an inbound play, which you against an all-out desperate full-court press is not easy. We saw just a few seconds earlier, Michigan State inbounds one to A.J. Hogarth. He travels and steps out of bounds, but they didn't call either one of those. So, I mean, it's already established it's going to be hard to inbound a ball. So you have to inbound a ball, and then they're raking at him. If they get a steal and a layup, you lose. They're raking in the ball for a foul, best-case scenario. Now you're back at the free-throw line with six seconds left. Now you have to make two more free throws. Hogarth just missed one. You miss one, they come down hit a three, you lose. You miss one, they come down hit a layup, you're going to overtime. So you have to... If they hit two free throws, you're up by one. You have to inbound the ball, make two more free throws just to get it back to three, a three-point lead. Now, that's with six seconds left or more. Now, four seconds left, yeah, I believe foul. That wasn't the situation. He shot it with 5.5. Handoff was at six. Came across a timeline at seven. Yes, they could have maybe fouled him there with seven, but then those other things have to take place. The Wisconsin game was slightly different. There was two or three seconds. Fewer remaining. That was an easier call for Wisconsin to foul. Michigan State, they were in a gray area there, and they couldn't, they couldn't foul. That being said, Michigan State usually does not foul anyway. I'm just talking about my, my few points on the whole thing. It all added up to what Izzo said was one of the toughest losses he's ever had, but they played well in a lot of ways. Now they get a tough game at Nebraska. Nebraska's won four straight. It's at Nebraska, senior night for Nebraska. Nebraska thinks they can creep into the big to the NCAA tournament if they win three straight here at the end, three more. It's going to be tough. In some ways, Michigan State's playing pretty well, Bill. In some ways, they're looking dangerous, but they got to figure out how to finish, have that poise and leadership at the end. And so, you know, when I was looking at the video from the SpartanMeg.com story, my first thought was, he knew with the finish, even going to a hot Nebraska Tuesday night and then Ohio State, who had a nice home win uh, this past weekend, that you had a chance to finish out with three wins in a row, which meant you could have been in that double buy category. Now mm-hmm. you're looking at both games and you're wondering, because it's kind of like looking at Michigan right now, with the log jam in terms of second place, a uh, team could go from second to ninth by the time you get to the Big Ten tournament next week. You're right. It affects the seedings. They wanted to get that double bye and not have to play on Wednesday or Thursday. It looks like they'll have to play on Thursday. Now, it hurts in that regard. It hurts your NCAA tournament seedings, I, potentially. I think this team can go to the Sweet 16, and if you go to the Sweet 16, you're dangerous. But it's harder to get to the Sweet 16 when you're accumulating these losses and you run the risk of being a number eight seed in the NCAA tournament. Can you do it from a seven? It's harder. They've done it before from, as a seven and a five. Um, but it, it, hurts, it hurts the seeding. Um, that's why these losses are expensive. Some of the trends are positive, but they've got to get some screws tightened up here late. Uh, everything this season has been a late scramble. And, um, you know, Izzo made a point today, it, very interestingly. He said, you know, look back at it, and this is what he told his team today. Michigan State lost to Purdue at home. He thinks Michigan State should have, could have won that game. Lost at home to Northwestern. After, you know, Boo Boo, he made a really tough shot with 28 seconds left. State was down by one. That was when Michigan State was coming off that incredible schedule that they were playing, you know, uh, however many games that was in a 20-day period. It was very hard. They lose those two games. They lose this one to Iowa. 
is Otolo's team, if we win those three games, which they were in position to do and are good, we're good enough to do it, you win those three games, Bill, and Michigan State's in first place in the Big yeah. Ten right now. It doesn't take much because Michigan State would have five losses. Purdue would have an extra loss. Northwestern would have an extra loss. Michigan State would be in big, getting the Big Ten and not having played last place Minnesota at all, which is too easy. It's two guaranteed wins. They didn't get those guaranteed wins. They're close, but they're not closing out, but don't write them off. Uh, based on the standings, you just mentioned where I was going with my final question uh, with the MSU campus shootings and the cancellation of Minnesota. Are they going to squeeze that back in? No, they, Izzo announced today that that game has been canceled, and he's not happy about it. So he understands it. He's frustrated with the Big Ten office because he feels they didn't tackle it soon enough, and they let it linger and linger, and it was harder to get other teams uh, to get it shoehorned in. Um, there was some talk that Rutgers and Nebraska might reschedule their game by a day to create more room for Michigan State to get in there. Um and uh, it didn't happen. Izzo's mad because he doesn't think the Big Ten did enough to see things his way to try to uh, to get him this extra game. He's especially mad because he feels he felt he felt he did the Big Ten a favor back during the COVID season when Michigan State had 17 days off in January and they they went two weeks without practicing and with only like two or three practices. The Big Ten asked Michigan State, hey, can you play this game against Rutgers and at Rutgers, at Ohio State, at Iowa? They played Rutgers without, you know, after 16 days, 17 days, 14 days off, two days of practice, 17 days without a game, went to Rutgers, lost 67-37. Two days later, at Ohio State, lost. One day later, at Iowa, lost. Three games, six days, not having practice. Izzo feels he was a good soldier for the Big Ten, did it for TV reasons, this reason, that reason, that reason. But he feels when he needed a favor, the Big Ten crapped the bed. That's what Izzo thinks about the Big Ten this week. You know, when you look at it, I mean, the only the, the only way to fit it in would have been Monday night, right? I don't know why Minnesota's a doormat, why they wouldn't play a Monday night if it meant something. Because what you could look at, you could see how, how State would finish with OSU at home and senior day on Saturday, and they get at Nebraska Tuesday night, as you mentioned, and then see on Monday night, if needed, that game would be played. Very simple, yeah. right? Uh, it, it's tough to fit it in there. I'm not sure. Um, well, if it meant something, I'm saying only fit it in if it meant in terms of a, a seating. Uh, if, if it meant you know that you're going to finish in the top four, wherever it is, because I'm looking at State on the Jerry Palm latest bracketology from around noon today. State is on the seven line as a seven seed, and, and they're in no danger of not making the tournament in my mind. Uh, but you know, if that game meant something, I think they have the right uh, to make it up. I really do, and I don't see why Monday for Minnesota, who's going nowhere. Problem is, they're going to be playing on Wednesday, but still, that's a day off. It's not like they're going to the tournament or going to win uh, the Big Ten tournament, but it is what it is. Comp, I got to get to a network break. Thanks so much for the update. Sounds great, Bill. Anytime. Thanks a lot. All right, Jim Comperoni, SpartanMeg.com, the MSU Insider, joining us on the Meyer Guest Sign of Meyer. Proud to be a longtime partner of both Michigan State and University of Michigan Athletics.